No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the end of the Winnipeg Jets' five-game road trip, a road trip that saw them play four out of five games against teams below them in the standings, and with a chance tonight to make this a winning road trip, the Jets fall just short, losing in Nashville on Broadway by a 2-1 margin ending the road trip with a record of two wins and three losses and ending the stretch of eight of nine on the road with a record of five wins and four losses. Gentlemen, good to see you both on this Tuesday evening. Hope you guys are doing well as we get set to discuss the Jets and the Predators, an old Central Division rival reignited tonight in Lower Broadway. Yeah, it was nice to see the Jets play a team in their own division. It felt like for a while they were a member of the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, it was a swing game tonight, right? And, I mean, I I think you could say, boys, that even if the Jets tied this game up, sent it to overtime, and and then found a way to get the extra point, you could still argue that, you know, this was a bit of a disappointing road trip, mainly because of the way it started. But, you know, going into tonight's game, you knew Nashville hadn't played since Saturday after beating the Kings. Mm -hmm. The Jets were waiting for them and you know like we've talked about so many times you know when the Jets get an early lead like that you have to say to yourself like okay this is exactly how you would write it up before the game right so beautiful pass by by Cole Perfetti to to Pierre-Luc Dubois and for the most part I mean the the first period was really good right like there were parts where the of that period where you know the Jets had the Predators hemmed in uh Wheeler uh Shafley, Ehlers, and Wheeler looked really strong. Connor Dubois, Perfetti looked really strong. Uh, and, you know, the second period, it all just fell apart. Like, that was mm-hmm. maybe the worst period on this road trip. And after the period was over, I hadn't looked at the shots. And then I saw that the shots were 18-5. to 5. Just talking about the second period, I yeah. was kind of shocked because you knew that the Predators, it was kind of like the script was flipped, right, guys? Like, mm-hmm. And it was just so easy for the Predators to gain the jet zone there was just way too much time, um, way too much speed generated in the neutral zone by the Predators, and the Jets did, just had nothing. They were flat. And, you know, the Predators, like, give Connor Hellebuck credit. He kept this game close, and the Predators definitely had a lot of chances, but um, just way too many odd man rushes, way too many shots given up. And then, you know, the Jets made a good push there late, but, um, you know, Ehlers hits the crossbar. So that game could have easily gone into overtime, Dave, but... Um, that second period obviously was where it completely fell apart for the Jets. You know, and and before the game began, we were wondering what was gonna the lineup was gonna look like because uh, Rick Bonus was asked uh, in the morning media availability by Jeff Hamilton if there were gonna be any lineup changes, and he said, "Well, we have some game time decisions." And of course, around four thirty, the Jets announced that they had uh, reassigned Vili Hainola to the Moose and um, taken. Logan Stanley off of IR, which led you to believe in my mind, I know some people are wondering if Dylan Sandberg was a healthy scratch. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm inclined to believe in what I guess we'll find out because people are kind of getting upset. I don't think you're uh, going to take uh, Dylan Sandberg out of the lineup the way he's been playing, especially on the PK. So mm-hmm. my suspicion would be that even though it's his birthday, I, I suspect he was taken out because he used one of those game time decisions along with my guess would be Axel Janssen, Bielby, who of course blocked the shot in Philly late and had to be helped off the ice. So those two guys would be my my guesses as to who were labeled as game time decisions by Rick Bonus. Of course, he didn't expand on that. So the only person who we know was taken out, of course, was um, Dylan Sandberg in favor of Logan Stanley, who hadn't played since December 9th. And again, I know that some people are upset by that removal or that move, I should say. But again, my inclination is to believe that it wasn't a decision other than the fact that Dylan Sandberg may have done. I know I, I couldn't remember. I thought he maybe did a he may have blocked some, a shot and with the, he, you know, expressed a little pain in that in that game against Philly. I can't remember exactly because all these games tend to blend in together. <laughs> maybe really but, but but I, I I believe that maybe something may have happened. I can't remember exactly. It's like the Josh Norris play in the game before uh, against the, the for the Senators and the Jets on the on um Saturday where yeah. you know he he basically is done for the season and I someone was like someone tweeted I think it was Joe and he Winnipeg. just came back. Josh Norris was no, I know. and then he played what five games or something like that. So but it was but it was crazy as he because he like Joe, Joe from Winnipeg, I believe, asked me like, "Who was it on the Jets who knocked him out?" So I went back and watched. Nobody. Like it was just a non. It was a. It was a completely random play where he and DJ Smith had said something like he just overextended himself. I watched his final shift. Nobody touched him. Like yeah. you know, or like marginal contact. Nothing that would have caused anything of significance. So he obviously extended himself. And and I'm just saying. So sometimes things happen. We don't necessarily notice them. They're not of major significance. Right. But it's obviously it was enough that. And, hey, and again, look, like I, I injure myself sleeping sometimes. So never, you know, that talking, but you know, these guys, when they reach too far, it's, it's no wonder that they sometimes uh, can injure themselves on innocuous looking plays. Exactly. So, I mean, look, ultimately we'll find out hopefully um, post game with uh, the questions from Jeff Hamilton as to what the status is. And uh, you know, if we have, I think you're probably right, Dave. I think there's a good chance that Sandberg yeah. was, was dealing with something. Also the, the, the announcement that Logan Stanley was taken off of IR and Hainola was sent down. That was a little bit later in the day, right? If I'm not mistaken, about four, about four thirty. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if if you know for sure that you know Stanley isn't going to play tonight, then you know you make that you announce that at you know late morning, early afternoon. By the oh, way, Dylan, it's not just Dylan Sandberg's birthday; it's a champagne birthday. Twenty four years old. So unfortunately, he doesn't get to play in Nashville, but I'm sure he's still having a good time. It's more um, like a champizzle birthday then. Can you? What is a champizzle birthday, Dave? Well, if you don't get to celebrate with champagne, you're eating, you're probably drinking champizzle. I really. It's if you're partying with question. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's I, that's I, what I, it is, champizzle. You know, I, can't Drew, I understand. I understand that they wouldn't have that kind of lingo in the 1950s, but yes. it's all good. Just I can't count Urban the number Dictionary. of people who've confused Dave and Snoop Dogg. I mean, it, it <laughs> happens all the time when uh, you know when Dave's dropping champizzle left, right, and center here on the Illegal Curve post game show. But that's that's Dizzle, what Dizzle. happens sometimes. As soon as we hear a, an update, Dizzle. if we do uh, regarding the uh, health status of any individuals, we'll bring that to you here. Thanks, Ben Dizzle. Yeah, can you both be quiet <laughs> uh, here on the Illegal Curve post game show? You know. The, Obviously, the Jets don't like going two and three on this road trip because there were a lot of opportunities uh, where, you know, you're playing against some weaker teams and you want to win those games. The Montreal game tonight, uh, you know, uh, obviously this is a game you'd want to win. a central division rival, you know, get a team that's in your own division. That said, I mean, I watched this game tonight and I look at the Nashville Predators and to me, this isn't a very good team. 
You know, this isn't uh, this is a team that definition of a middling team, Drew. Yeah, really a middling team. This is a team that had to scratch and claw and get some exceptional goaltending and a little bit of luck, given that the Jets hit a couple of posts late in the game just to defeat the Jets 2 1. So, I mean, yes, you don't They're only like... three points back of the Flames, though, for the last wild card spot. The only problem is the Avalanche are also winning tonight and they have one extra game in hand. So, all I'm saying is the Predators are actually still in the playoff race. But I was telling Dave when we were watching the game here, the prob- the main problem is I just mentioned, you have the, the avalanche between you and that last wildcard spot. So I just don't think it's looking good for Nashville. No, to me, there's no comparison. Like you watch Nashville, there's just not a lot to this team. There, there, there's no, you know, the, you know, they have some nice players or some ni- players who look nice on paper, I'd say more than they actually do in terms of impact on a day-to-day basis. I mean, Roman Yossi, of course, can still play on any team in this league, and he can play, uh, you know, uh, you know, and he's a great player. He's a superstar still. UC Saros, obviously, tremendous goaltender, no question about it. But again, you look at their forward group, and there's nobody there that, that excites you. There's nobody there who is, uh, you know, really, you know, taking over a game on any consistent basis. So this Nashville Predators team, which is, you know, they are, you know, middling, I would say, at best. You look at them, you know, now they're They've won 22 games of the 46 that they've played. You know, they have a negative goal differential. So good on them for getting the win. I'm not taking anything away from their victory because, uh, sorry, 23 wins now in 47 games. Uh, they get full marks for the victory. But, you know, to me, I don't see them in the same caliber as the Winnipeg Jets moving forward because we're going to see a lot of Nashville because this is the first time these teams have played this year, if I'm not mistaken. Did they Second. play once earlier? Yeah, I don't remember that game at all. What happened in it? They played in Winnipeg. Winnipeg won two one. Okay, because I have no. That must have been very early in the year because I have no recollection of that game. It was two weeks ago. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it was. It was actually no. It was about a month ago though. It was in. uh, I want to say middle of maybe December seventeenth. Really? I have yeah. absolutely no recollection of that game whatsoever. It's all that fireball drew. I was going to say, did I do the post game? I'm getting a little bit concerned about my alcohol intake and I haven't even been, I wasn't even drinking fireball that much back then. So this is a little Sorry, concerning. I was wrong. December yeah. 15th. Okay, close enough. I have uh, obviously it was a fairly nondescript game because I don't remember uh, a single play from it. Uh, maybe because <laughs> it was a two-one game, but uh, in any event, what I was just saying is like, yes, the Jets are disappointed in in not having a winning record at the end of this road trip, and and yes, you know they've been average over the last nine games. Let's say as we said, five and four, uh, with, you know, over the last nine games, two and three on this road trip. But I really do believe that this team is just trying to get through these next, you know, what is it? Next three home games, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. And then you're going to see them that that break that they get is going to be so impactful for this team moving forward to the last sort of, uh, I guess that would be the last uh, 20 games of the regular season. I get that 30 games of the regular season after uh, after the next three at home. You know, what is that? That's the post game show from that day. It was and coincidentally. I'm wearing the same hoodie. That's good. You're wearing the same hoodie. I really have no. Just clue so you know, you were on, you were on it confirmed. Was I good? I have no idea if I had a good performance that night or not. Subpar. Okay, subpar. Fair enough. That makes that that makes that makes a fair a fair bit of sense. In any event, it clearly shows that I don't remember this game uh, whatsoever. But you know, the Jets. The second period obviously was was the issue for the Jets tonight. Just not a good period. They get through it still with the lead. Or yes, no, they didn't at that point in time. Uh, Nashville scored late in the in the period. But you know, you can see that the that second period is really what I think by and large didn't cost them the game because that would be a little bit too extreme. But you could see that they just didn't have 
much skating legs at that point. They got him back for the back half of the third period, but that second period was a real problem in tonight's game. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned you kind of looking at the the road trip on a macro level. Like, mm. I, I think beyond the record, I think you know you throw in the the Phoenix, pardon me, the Arizona Coyotes game that they won two one a couple of weeks ago, right? They didn't play very well. Obviously, you know, the back-to-back on the road against Buffalo and Pittsburgh was really impressive. But remember a couple of weeks back, exactly two weeks, in fact, two weeks ago, the game in Detroit, right? So they're of these nine games that you mentioned, Drew, you're five and four in your last nine, right? If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. And, exactly five you know, and four. some of those are pretty bad losses in terms of the way you played. I'm not talking about, you know, the deficit in the score, because obviously we talked about it. This game could have easily gone to overtime if Nick Ehlers doesn't hit the crossbar and that goes in. Sure. And the Jets had a ton of chances, you know, in the last five or six minutes of the, the, the third period. They were all over the Preds, right? But I think it's, you know, the, the most concerning is you're tr- you've had some trouble scoring goals here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about that quite a bit on the Saturday show, right? Like you go back to the the, the Coyotes game where they got uh, Vamelka, and then you know you go back to the Montreal and the Toronto games where they had you know only a couple goals to start off the road trip, and there's been a lot of defensive breakdowns. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think you know there there is a little bit to be concerned about. Obviously, you know the Jets are going to be a playoff team. I mean, it, unless they lose ten games in a row or something ridiculous, like the Jets are going to be a playoff team. But I think it's the way that they've lost some of these games. And, you know, the fact that, you know, if it's not Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, uh, Mark Shifley, or Nick Ehlers, right. like the scoring has dried up, guys. Like I, I was telling Dave, I really like Carson Kuhlman on that line with Adam Lowry and Morgan Barron. thought they were good, but like Lowry is really, you know, struggling 20 plus games now without a goal. And he's, he's had a really solid season, right? 22, Dave is saying, right? So Lowry's really struggling. You know, you saw Carson Kuhlman drive to the net and then, you know, Lowry didn't get all all of it. But I thought that just kind of sums up where it is for Lowry, right? Like the, the puck just isn't going in for him now, even though he's getting some decent looks, right? So you're just not getting a lot of offense from the third and fourth lines. Like I think we agree that, you know, the top six right now looks great. I mean, you you love the way Perfetti looks with Connor and Dubois and, you know, Shifley, Ehlers and Wheeler have looked really solid, right? So but you can't win on a consistent basis with just two forward lines that are going, right? So they need to get that going. Hellebuck has been fine. Yeah. Um, he's he's doing his job. But, yeah, I think, you know, you don't like the, the the two wins out of five games, Drew. But I also don't think that you like that the offense has dried up quite a bit here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't have an remember, argument with remember anything Paul you said. Ma- I just wanted to interject quickly, Drew. But remember when Paul Maurice brought the uh, face-off specialist in uh, that one uh, that training camp? Yeah. I think it's time to bring that back because I think uh, I saw it somewhere. I think it was our friend Joe Pascucci said that the only uh, uh, only center who had a winning percentage today was Kevin Stenlin, who went seven out of nine. Everybody else was below 50. And, and, and look, I understand that people are saying it's not as big a deal, but especially on the special teams when you're not winning those faceoffs and you're not starting with the puck, and they're killing 30 seconds, yeah, you know. But the face-off it, percentage ended 50-50 at the end of the game today, Dave. So I know right, but, but, yeah, because Kevin Stanley went 7 out of 9. Well, but, yeah, but, but, but everybody else was below 50%, Drew. Wow. I mean, Shifley went 8, you know, was 8, was eight uh, had 8 wins and 9 losses. So, I mean, again, I understand the point. And, and, and every, yeah, he was 47%. So he was right. sub-50, no question about it. I, I, just, I mean, they won the key draws towards the end of the game there as well, uh, by and large, they you know, when they were pushing. Uh, at the end of the game, I understand the issue of the faceoffs because I, I I believe that it 
matters. It, it, you know, the need to win a faceoff when it really truly matters is an important one. Uh, you know, you know, when you when you need to win a faceoff, I understand that over the course of the season, it's going to level out and it's going to even out by and large. And, you know, if you look at it over the entirety of the season, it might not be a big deal. But when you need to win one, boy, do you need somebody who can win one? So that it, it would be an issue to me. But, uh, you know, look, th- this team needs another forward. We've talked about it, you know, for a long time now. They need one more top six forward. And if you fill in that top six forward gap, everything else just almost falls into place a little bit. I mean, Morgan Barron is stepping up in an impressive fashion on that third line over the last number of games, I would say. Yeah, he's uh, looking. Adam Lowry clearly just, I mean, Adam Lowry's never going to be uh, a significant point producer in this league. He goes through too many stretches where he just can't get a goal. You can't have a guy go, you know, 15, 20 games, 22 games where he's at now without scoring a goal and him being in your top nine. It's just not, uh, it's just not uh, conducive to, I would say, long-term success. But if Barron is starting to go and maybe taking a a more impressive role or taking a more significant role on that line, and then you get somebody else to play on that line, you know, replacing Carson Kuhlman, not that Kuhlman played poorly. I think he did. But again, he's not a goal scorer either. But then, you know, if you got two guys who can maybe, you know, in Baron, who's maybe finding more of an offensive touch and then somebody else, then you can handle Lowry, uh, you know, not being much of a, of a point producer. You can't have two of those guys on the same line with Lowry and Kuhlman like they currently do. Yeah, for now, I, I said this earlier, I like... Kuhlman there as opposed to Saku Manalainen. And Kuhlman is a goal scorer, Drew. He scored the game-winning goal against the, the Flyers. I obviously know, <laughs> know what you're talking about. Kuhlman, yes. you know, is limited offensively. But I, I love his hustle. And I said this to you guys, uh, you know, right when the Jets acquired him. I love his low skating style, like his low center of gravity. Like, I just love how he – because he's not the biggest guy. But I just – he's just a smart player like Kuhlman. So – but I agree with you. I think, you know – if the Jets do acquire a top six slash top nine forward like we expect, then a guy like Kuhlman is going to be a fourth line guy slash 13th forward. And I have absolutely no, no problem with that, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're kind of cycling, you know, the Sam Gagne's and the Axel Janssen's Fialbis, you yeah. know, in and out of the lineup, whoever's playing the best, as you mentioned, Drew. So I think right now that's an issue. I mean, I don't think any of us are necessarily expecting Chevy to pull the trigger on a move, you know, over the next couple of days. No. you know, leading up to the game against the Sabres, right? So they've got to figure this out. Like, you know, they don't, like, they've, you know, they scored some goals against the Flyers, but, you know, you look back to that game against the Coyotes, and we talked about it, against the Leafs, they were struggling to score, yeah. against the, the Canadians to finish. They were creating offense, but they weren't finishing. And so that's an issue right now. I think another thing is the power play. They haven't scored a power play goal over the last couple of games. And, yes, they've had, you know, they've they've looked good out there in terms of possession, and I forget if it was the second period uh, power play. I'd have to go back and look. Um, somebody can help me out. But the Jets' first power play unit was out there for like a good minute and 40 seconds. And again, like they didn't capitalize. Like you can move the puck well and, you know, Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey can do all of their edge work and their skating and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you put the puck in the net, especially in a close game like that, that, that you knew, like you got the feeling throughout that second period when the Predators were absolutely peppering Hellbuck, you got the feeling that this wasn't going to be like a seven, six final. You've got two, you know, uh, Vesna quality goaltenders in Soros and Hellebuck. So like, you know, you like 
some of the looks that they had. But at the end of the day, like you got to bury those, Dave. So I think the power play is a little bit concerning. I don't think it's concerning long term, but it's been a, a strength of yours for so so many games this season. And the last two games, it's really let you down. So um, and I think the Jets will be fine. They've got three games coming up before the break. And as Drew mentioned, you want to go into that break, hopefully winning all three of those games. Mm-hmm. But you got to get back to the fundamentals. You you know right. you haven't you've had way too many defensive breakdowns, um, and you've you've start you've got to have more balanced scoring. To me, that's a huge issue right now in the third and fourth lines. You're, you're just not getting any goals aside from you know the odd goal from a, a Carson Kuhlman or whatever. It's just not enough. Yeah, hey, Drew. Just just let me quickly interject because I like this comment from Patrick because it's I think it's true and I we highlighted as he and I talked about it. But the Predators so many times causing havoc in front of. Uh, uh, Connor Hellebuck. It was all mustard in front of him, uh, you know, and, and yet the Jets more often than not, nobody's in front. And, and this, the comments, the comments are absolutely accurate. I mean, UC Saros is an all-star goaltender. Mm. And if he sees the shot, he's going to stop the shot most often. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I mean, I know that he was beat by the, by the, you know, by Nikola Ehlers shot and a couple others hit post crossbar goaltenders would tell you that's all they gave them to shoot at. But the reality is, the Jets didn't create enough traffic in front, enough chaos in front. And uh, Soros, if he sees the shot, he's going to make a stop. So I thought that was a good comment by Patrick, and I wanted to highlight it. Fair enough. There you go. You've done your job. You highlighted it. Why don't we get into the Betway game recap? It won't be a long one, not a ton of goals in tonight's contest. But nonetheless, we can still delve into it. The Betway game recap is brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you pardon me betway is the sports betting app that puts you the customer at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds what are you waiting for head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly uh, i guess the narrative of the jets starting on time might be going away because they certainly started on time again tonight 48 seconds into the game pierre luc dubois his 21st of the year assist to Cole Perfetti and Dylan DeMello. Uh, it's Matthias Ekholm. I think it's an attempted pass to Matt Duchesne, and Duchesne either misses it or it goes right through his skates. Whatever it is, it goes to DeMello, it goes to DeMello up at the right point. He finds uh, Cole Perfetti in the low slot, who makes a wonderful pass to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has the easiest goal that he's scored this year to make a one nothing for the Winnipeg Jets very early on in this game. As a- Yeah, I mean, how many times are we going to say, like, beautiful vision, unbelievable vision by, by Cole Perfetti, right? That's and he just continues, so yeah, and he, and he just continues to close the gap between himself and Matty Beneers. I think he's six points back, Dave. Seven. Seven. Seven points back. So, I mean, it's going to be a good Calder race, right? Like you've got Mason McTavish in there. Um, what's Who's the goaltender? I guess Logan, Logan Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, Logan Thompson's considered a rookie, right? Even though he's uh, he's 24 years old, right? But, yeah, I just love the the pass here. And you're right, Drew. They The Predators, I think it was Matthias Ekholm was clearing the puck there, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, mm-hmm. it was... It was Ekholm. Yeah, and it was... Uh, who was it in front of the net that he... I think it was... Uh, he was taking Kyle Connor, but no, basically Dubois was just left all alone there. And yeah, just a beautiful pass by Dubois and an easy empty net for uh, Dubois. Beautiful pass by Perfetti. Sorry. Beautiful, uh, large empty net there for Dubois. And it was an easy goal for him. Yeah, it was a simple goal. It was a great play. Uh, You know, uh, you know, uh, from Nashville's perspective, it's a careless turnover. 
uh, an unnecessary turnover. You know, Ekholm should have been able to hit Duchesne better. Maybe Duchesne is supposed to do a little bit more with the attempted pass. Instead, it ends up in the back of the net, and the Jets have the start that they want uh, to this period. And, you know, shots in the first period were 15-13, so there was no shortage of uh, shots on goal uh, mm-hmm. within 20 minutes. And then uh, the second period uh, is where things really began to uh, stumble backwards for the Winnipeg Jets. Not a lot going right for them in that second period. Uh, you know, they were outshot, as we talked about, 18-5 to in that second period. And you wondered, you know, is Connor Halbach going to be able to stand on his head the entire time? Well, it wasn't quite the entire time, but it was a lot of it until, until the 13:49 mark of the second period, Dave. Uh, Cody Glass, his sixth of the season assist to Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. That comes uh, to tie the game late in the second period. Um, you talk about net front presence. Well, this is net front presence. You get a tip on the puck and beats Connor Hellebuck, and the Predators have it tied up at ones after 40 minutes, Dave. Sure enough, trust the Winnipegger to get the goal. And Cody Glass, uh, you know, he's been, I think he has one goal, five assists, or something like that in his last five or six games. So he's doing well. And you know, I know that folks are cheering for the Jets here, but I think everybody's happy to see the the level of success he's had uh, transitioning from, you know, playing in the American Hockey League to the NHL for the Nashville Predators after toiling away with uh, Milwaukee. But, uh, you know, he's a nice kid and, and you can see the uh, joy. Everybody knows the video that they played yeah. uh, when he, you know, when he made, when the, they told him that he was going to be a full-time NHLer. So, yeah, I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about, Drew. You wanted to see guys standing in front of the net and, making their presence felt. And that's exactly what he did. And look, Roman Yossi is one of the most like unbelievable players to watch play hockey. And I remember, and this Mm -hmm. is years ago, I watched a random predators Blackhawks game. And it was like, I don't remember how long ago it was. And it was like, I watched Yossi and he's weaving and bobbing. And like he, the the things this guy could do is is really just unbelievable and he still does it at an elite level and he's been doing it four years so uh you know he really is an exceptional player and he's got great vision and yeah he he knows that there's traffic in front of Connor Hellebuck and Connor Hellebuck to that point had played very well and so and I'm not blaming Connor Hellebuck I don't think he played poorly of course but I'm saying that they did what they needed to do which is take his eyes away and deflect the puck and and that's a hard goal to save even for an you know an all-star goaltender like Connor Hellebuck yeah, and one thing here, too, I wanted to point out because Drew was harping on it a little bit earlier. He's not wrong. I was I mean, harping? I've never harped in my life. I'm offended at the accusation. I've seen you harp. You've Glass seen me harp? Wins, Glass wins the face-off <laughs> and goes to the net, right? And we talked about – it was against Kevin Stenlin, right, Dave? And Stenlin was yeah. the best guy in the face-off. Stenlin, I, I think Stenlin was on for both the uh, both the Preds goals. He was. Yeah. So, you know, Glass wins the faceoff, goes to the net, Stenlin takes him. So, again, in that particular case, again, we're not saying that, you know, the faceoff was the reason why, but in this particular case, right, faceoffs are important. So, again, yeah. it's it's tough to quantify, right? Remember, um, we used to talk about this, you know, all the time when we had who I'm, – I'm, I'm forgetting who we always used to have on to talk about advanced stats, but regardless, we always used to talk about how hard it was to quantify faceoffs and how important they were, right? And I think, you know, it's situational. But in this particular case, even though Stenlin was good tonight in the face-off circle, look, it was a clean win, right, by Glass, gets it back to Yossi, as we talked about. And Yossi, you know, similar to how, how good Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk have been this year, just putting pucks, you know, on net and in uh, good places to, to tip them. This was just a beauty tip by Cody Glass. 
that it was, and it gave the Predators uh, the the tying goal uh, late in the second period. Third period, uh, the game-winning goal comes at the 5.38 mark, and it's Tanner Janot who had gone, what did they say, 38 games between goals? Something absolutely ridiculous like that uh, on the broadcast. It was a very long number of games that began with a three. It was the first time he scored in in a long, long time. He usually just uses his fist to... uh... To score goals. It, well, I mean, usually, you know, he's got some, he's got, I mean, some, some offensive talent. So mm-hmm. the fact that he went 38 games without a goal is hard to believe. I mean, he's have definitely seen this. Have you seen this Nashville team, Drew? That's fair enough. That's a good point, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I like Tanner Janot's game. I like it. No, I, I do too. I, like I do too. He hustles, you know, and Dave mentioned like he's a guy that can drop the mitts. Yeah. He's uh, a power forward. Yeah. There's he's no got some good hands him. on him. Yeah. He's a Saskatchewan boy. Yeah, and to, to to Drew's point earlier, right? Like after Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, yeah. you know, Nino Nino Niederreiter obviously hasn't had the the Don't impact. Forget about Trannon. Yeah, yeah, but no, but honestly though, Dave, it's like top heavy, right? Like oh, well, you know, but th- sure. those guys all disappear. I mean, you know, you know, Forsberg, Duchesne, and Johansson can can just disappear from games. So they're, you know, yes, they're top heavy, but it's not like their top is that impressive. Right. They're not like the, Toronto top heavy. Or the Jets top heavy. You know, how many games, sure. you know, where the Jets, you know, best players, you know, aren't at least impactful or noticeable. I mean, Matt Duchesne for the entirety of his career has, you know, flashes, but then he goes away and he disappears for, for 10 or 15 games. Same with Johansson, Philip Forsberg. I mean, these guys have a lot of, uh, they, they don't have a ton of tread left on their tires either. They've been through this league many, many times, but they're not top. I mean, if that was their second line, that would be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they're just, they're not top. They don't match up with the better teams, you know, number one line. And then behind them, there's really not a ton there anymore. That's why, you know, when Ellie Tolvanen, when he didn't turn out to be. Yeah, that was a mistake. Well, they shouldn't have put him on waivers, obviously. You know, he's playing fine for Seattle. But when he didn't turn out to be the second coming, you saw the the, the drop off. I mean, you look at the this predator. I was thinking about this during the game. Uh, you know, when was the last time the Predators really drafted and developed uh, a forward, an, impact, an impactful forward? Dave's just going to keep saying Yakov Trenin and I'm going until you just, acknowledge him, Drew. No, but you're I'm, right. And and Nashville kind of, if you think about it, right? Nashville's kind of similar to like a Detroit, a Philadelphia, maybe not as much Philadelphia right now, but previously, like team St. Louis, teams that consistently would make the playoffs. And they wouldn't get like top 10, top 15 picks. Right. And in addition, Drew, as you know, Nashville's a team that traded away first round picks, right? Because they were the president's trophy winners. And for a right. couple of years there, they were going for the Stanley Cup. So you're right. I mean, they have struggled to develop their own prospects. Well, Ellie I Tolvanen mean, was one of them, but obviously they put him on waivers. But right. he was a first round pick. But Cody Glass was acquired from, from, uh, from Vegas. Phil oh, Thomasina. I like I like Philip Thomasino. Philip Thomasino is a good player, but yeah, yeah you're... Was, that, was, was he in 2019? Is he was he the same draft as Hainola? Uh, I believe he was. It was 2018, yeah. 2019. I yeah, Thomasino is so. a good player. I like him. He's a center, so I mean, he's is he's, he's, one a, is actually, he in the NHL right now. Yeah, he's playing for Milwaukee. Yeah. I liked him for the Jets. Actually, I thought the Jets could have drafted him. But you look at the, I mean, you look at the Forsberg. They didn't develop. They got him out of uh, Washington, Washington. A terrible yeah. Mark. It was a terrible trade. trade. By the, yeah, yeah it was one of the worst trades wow. of all time. But they didn't, really de- they didn't develop him. They didn't draft him. You look at uh, Duchesne. They get him as a free agent. 
you know, or, you know, wherever he bounced around after he went from Colorado and then to Ottawa, and then he ended up in, in Nashville. Uh, so they just, you know, th- that's, I think, part of the problem for Nashville in terms of their future is they just haven't drafted very well. They haven't developed guys very well. And that you got to see that and that they win the game. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, they, they get full marks for the victory, but there's just not a ton there that I think you see Soros. Soros. Yeah, yeah. Soros. Soros away, Drew, and you probably have 10 less points. I'm not even joking. Yeah, well, that's really great. Exactly. UC Soros, I think a strong Although argument it, can be made. He's the best goalie in the league right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hellebuck, Hellebuck yeah, is, is minimum top three. And I think Sorokin uh, is in that conversation. I think Igor Shosturkin is in that conversation. Andre Vasilevsky. But how many times this year, guys, have we talked about how UC Soros has had 40 plus saves? Mm-hmm. Right? Like he does that regularly. And he's not a big goalie. Like it was mentioned on the broadcast by Dan Robertson. Yeah, you know, in an in era of six foot three, six foot four goalies, UC Soros is five eleven, six feet, right? Yeah. So yeah, Sor- Soros is. There's no doubt. You know, he's the most valuable player in addition to to Roman Yossi. But yeah, I I mean, maybe the Predators go on a miraculous run similar to you know the 2019 Blues, but I don't see it. I think Colorado is is the team you have to be uh, looking out for if you're the Oilers and the Flames. There's no question about it. Colorado's the Colorado's beginning to roll, and that's a scary thought for everybody in the Western Conference. Uh, in any event, the uh, Predators get the game-winning goal off the stick of Tanner Janot. It looks like, from my perspective, Manalainen turns the puck over. Yeah, he did, uh, along the know, wall. Along did, the yeah. wall. Tanner Janot comes in. Kevin Stenland is in a chase position, and it's a nice wraparound by Tanner Janot. Uh, you don't like that, you know, that uh, Stenland is in that position where he's chasing. You don't like the turnover by Manalainen. Hellebuck with a yeoman's effort to get across the crease to try and keep it out, but he just can't do so. And the Predators take a 2-1 lead uh, with about, uh, you know, 14 minutes to go in the third period. And the, the Jets pushed. The Jets pushed and they got some opportunities. You know, Kyle Connor had a couple whacks. Mark Scheifele had a couple whacks. Nikolai Ehlers obviously, you know, uh, had an opportunity later in the game. They just weren't able to beat UC Soros. They weren't able to beat the post. And that's ultimately uh, the was the you know difference in tonight's game with the Jets dropping that 2-1 result. Yeah, and really, like, we went back and, and you know, went over the goals and everything like that. But this this game was you know, there for the taking for either team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, look at, I mean, sometimes you lose tight games when, you know, like we talked about, you know, how good Ilya Samsonov was at the beginning of this road trip and UC Soros, kind of similar type of game, if you think about it, right? Obviously yeah. a lot less weapons on this Predators team as we've talked about quite a bit quite a bit here tonight. But um, look, the Jets, they, they have to beat Buffalo. Like that, Buffalo's playing good hockey. I mean, Buffalo's we know, absolutely playing, and they, didn't we they know win how again tonight. They won again tonight. That's yeah. uh, four in a row for them now. Uh, and we know how much trouble they gave the Jets. You know, the Jets won in Buffalo, but it wasn't pretty. So you know how much trouble they gave the Jets. They beat St. Louis five three tonight. You know, that's a team that's won twenty five of the forty seven games that they've played. That's a team that's you know probably I would think better than their place in the standings right now. They're three points behind Washington for the second wild card spot. They have two games in hand. They have a good goal differential plus twenty. I hope the Sabers get in. It's so been way I. too long. What has it been? Ten 13, years? No, it's longer. I think longer it's like than 13. that. Yeah. I think it's like thirteen yeah. or fourteen years. As he, yeah, and fun. I mean, they. I mean, yeah. who knows? I mean, they they could easily get swept in the first round by Boston, but it would still be fun. 
they're playing good hockey. So this is not certainly no not a cakewalk for the Winnipeg Jets on Thursday or anything uh, remotely close to that. Frosty Winnipeg uh, saying 17. I thought it was 14, but uh, it could be very well. It could Frosty be. Might I, be right. I, I, every time we time. Have, every time we have Marty Buran on, I always go and look at Wikipedia just to see the list or, or hockey. DB like, or are whatever. we talking about like the Donald Odette Stu Barnes era? Uh, I'll just. I mean, are I, we going Frosty, back that far? Like Alexei Jitnik? Well, let's find out. Uh, Are we going back well, that far? Teppo Newmanen? I'm not sure. I mean, aren't they still? I mean, who was the guy that they signed from Philadelphia to that like ten year contract? Oh wow! Um, uh, you know who I'm talking about. I know. I know exactly who you're talking about. I cannot remember who that player time, is. The last time they were in the playoffs was 2010. Frosty was one of it. It was wrong. I was closer to being right. 2010, 2011. They lost in the conference quarterfinals to the Flyers. 2010, I'm gonna, I, I 2011. Oh gosh! Now I'm trying to remember who. Kepo was. wasn't on the Sabers of that. Wasn't that it a Russian His guy? Last year it was 2009. It was well. There was Christian Erhoff. He they they signed Christian Erhoff to a ridiculous contract. But then there was a guy that they took from the from the Flyers. Oh, what was his name? Come on, Chad, help me out. Uh oh, shoot! I'm trying to remember what his name. I think a Finnish guy who had a good playoffs, and then the Sabers signed him to a ridiculous contract. Ah, uh, boy, I'm trying to remember now. This is really how you, you get off the rails here. Uh, this is where we go. Yeah, exactly where we go down the... Uh, you know, Drew, uh, we have something called a commercial break where you could look this up on something called Google. That's true. I could do something. I'm going like to find him. I'm going to find him. Billy Lino. Billy Lino? You got it. You got and it. They didn't, sign him, they, they didn't sign him to a 10-year contract. It was Airhoff they signed to the 10-year contract. Airhoff was like 10 years, $44 million. Like four Did they sign Airhoff to 10 years, Drew? Yeah, because it was before the salary cap. Well, why is a different story altogether? It was Airhoff was a solid, solid defenseman, but yeah. It was Billy Lino that signing. they signed to a $27 million contract over six years that 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 was those were the two bad contracts and they were signed within 24 hours of each other you know who i was gonna say drew this is going this might be going back to the red river radio days fabian brunstrom that's the guy i was thinking of that's pretty bad too there was it was been and long story short it's been some dark times in buffalo but they're playing better hockey and the jets have to be aware of them when they come to town on thursday the jets start the three game homestand against the sabers also welcome the flyers and then round it up with the st louis blues a team that is uh, an absolute disaster uh there was not really any great shots in tonight's game so I'm not going to take a shot of Fireball, but we still have to give uh, a shout-out to our friends at Seagram's uh, who do sponsor the shot of the game. I just think you're not doing it because you drank all of the Fireball, Drew. No, I still have a little bit left here. I'm going to have to get some Shoot more. It. So do it. I'm not going to do it right now. It's like 10.20 and I haven't started. Like if I, if It's one thing if I've already had some like wine or something in the course of the evening, but I haven't had anything to drink yet. So if I'm starting to drink at 20, at 10, at 20 minutes after 10, then it's a little bit like my wife's going to be like, why is why do you have alcohol in your breath when you're Dave, I think Drew's trying to tell us that he's getting the shakes because he hasn't had a drink in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Seagram's VO integrity, tradition and craftsmanship. Check it out, of course, at your local liquor mart or wherever you can get fine spirits everywhere. Let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk more about tonight's Jets loss in Nashville. And of course, our contest shenanigans still to come. It's a Tuesday evening. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We're live on YouTube. We're live on all of our social media platforms. 
Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
couple relevant things happening on the out-of-town scoreboard. Right now in Colorado, there's just over four and a half minutes to go. The Avalanche have a 3-2 lead over the Washington Capitals. If the Avalanche hold on and win tonight in regulation or overtime, it does not matter. They will leapfrog the Minnesota Wild into third place in the central division, which would mean, of course, if the playoffs were to start after that game, the Jets and the Avalanche would face off in a, in a first round playoff matchup. Congratulations on all your success this year. This is what you have to deal with, uh, which is you know part of the reason why the uh, playoff system is a little bit silly in the NHL, but that's a separate issue altogether. So as we all said, the Avalanche were going to make their push. They've won five in a row. They're striving to win their sixth in a row. And if they do so, they'll be third in the central division. Uh, they would be eight points behind the Jets and the Stars with three games in hand. So here comes Colorado. And, and, and then... it's unlikely that the Avalanche will catch the Jets. But, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that the Avalanche were like 14 or 15 points back, uh, right? So yeah. you win six games in a row and, you know, the Jets lose three of five. And there you go. That's right. And the Minnesota Wild have lost three in, a, three in a row as well. So you can see why Colorado has been able to gain so many points on the Wild. Uh, and another score in his debut so far in uh, behind the bench for the Canucks, uh, Rick Tockett not doing too much. You mean Rick uh, Tuckett? Yeah, Rick Tuckett and uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and I don't, I mean, look, I'm somebody who has on occasion on this program mispronounced some players never names. drew you've never made a mistake once honestly once or twice i have but i've never mistaken the word canucks for canucks and who they, looks think, at the who looks at the last name t-o-c-c-h-e-t and says tukit the the weirdest part of the whole thing i'm pretty sure it was a broadcaster from seattle so somebody in seattle should no it was have, washington was it well, no? It was, Fo- it was Fox. It was it was it was Fox because remember he used to be the coach in Washington. Oh, when they said Washington, I assumed they meant Washington State in this. No, instance. no, 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 Washington D.C. Still though, Dave. Never I mean, mind. that was that was like that. Yeah, that's that's going to be played forever. I don't know. I think I think the funny. Well, I think thing it's was funny. It. I don't care. I, I don't yeah. care at all. No, I just I'm, think it's I'm funny just... that that she said Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. Uh, and then Rick Tukit and Canucks. Yeah. Canucks was my favorite one. Canucks, uh, Canucks is a good one. Like it, it sounds like what, what somebody would think, like a Canadian, like making fun of Canadian accents boot, would say. Boot. Yeah, a boot Canucks. Uh, in any event, the Canucks are uh, losing two one to Chicago. Uh, the game has got it's still in the shame. second period. The Canucks have thirty three shots on goal. The Blackhawks have eight, and yet the Blackhawks are currently winning two one. So uh, you know. Things going well as per usual in Vancouver. And the Hawks Every, up, everything like, about what you just said is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> the fact they gave an update on the Canucks. Yeah, the like honestly, the like, let's yeah. move on. Okay, let's get into the tough duck hardest hitting comment for tonight's game. We do this on each and every post game following Jets games. We talk, we, you good folks in the chat put out some of those terrific comments. We highlight one and award that winner with a tough duck toque, courtesy of our friends at tough duck ezzy yeah i've got the winner here and you're going to need that too because i don't know if you've looked at the forecast it's going to be minus 30 tomorrow we're going to give it to yeah exactly chris Koff. the jets are barely over 500 in their past nine games with five wins and four losses something's not clicking like it was earlier jets need to win all these last three at home before the break need more consistent scoring 
that comment was from about 40 minutes ago. I love it because, you know, really, I think what you've seen, in addition to the Jets just not playing well for, you know, a period here, a period there, I mean, you've got to get, you've really start, got to get contributions from, you know, the Adam Lowry's and, you know, the Axel Janssen Fialbi's. And I really realized that Janssen Fialbi scored, um, you know, on the road trip, but they're just saying that they've got to get more consistent scoring from their bottom two lines. So, Chris, send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com. Uh, and with your mailing address, and then Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you, so your noggin is nice and warm for this cold stretch coming up. Yeah, I think that's exactly. the same Chris Koff who may or may not have just recently won uh, some ice. The Jets authentic merch, so nice. Uh, he's going to be a double, double winner. winner. Well, nothing better than that. When well, is, winning is contagious, as they like to say. I just so spilled diet applies. coke all over my beard. Oh boy, I uh, hate to see when that happens. Probably not the first time tonight, though, is it? Uh, hate to see my you, would, you would think that, that, that you know actually. I would figure this out, but obviously I have a drinking problem. Well, I was going to say it's only you've only been alive for forty some odd years, and one of these days you'll be able to figure out how to put the out the the liquid right in your mouth and not on Dave's carpet. Uh, yeah, Dave, I'm sure that'll that's that diet that diet ca- caffeine free Coke stain just goes all out. the other stains that Ginsburg's left, so I'm okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. It's okay. It's part of the price you pay for uh, having him in your house uh the illegal curve merchandise contest rolls on as it always does we're reaching the end of the month we're getting close to the end of the month so you want to keep putting your entries in you want to keep gaining your uh entries more and more ballots into the draw because coming up uh, a week from now ahead of the st louis game we're going to draw a winner of two tickets to an NHL game of their choosing. And of course, the more entries you have, the more chances you have to win. So you go to the contest page, you click the link, you see all the things you can do to gain entries. You should do those things. And one of those things is entering in the unique code word for the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. Tonight's unique code word, Dave M, please explain why it's Duncan apostrophe actually i don't think hold on i gotta edit that let me edit that out because the apostrophe doesn't work in the program drew okay Uh, we're changing uh, the we're gonna do some quick editing here the unique code word i repeat we are changing (laughs) the unique code word there is an apostrophe in dunkin donuts i know there i know there is but when it doesn't when i tried to put it in it didn't work but i want to start off by congratulating one of our loyal viewers listeners who in advance, like Frosty and so many of you do, tried to guess the word. And because you listened to the show and know that I went on a rant the other day about when Ezzy and I were in Nashville and ate a giant box, I think, was that Saturday's show, Ezzy? We were talking about the box of uh, day-old Dunkin' Donuts that you and I were walking around Nashville eating. Well, we so, went for a little walk. We got to give Richie a shout-out because it was his bachelor party. Drew was there, of course. We were all there, a big group of us. Yeah, there was like I, wasn't, 20... I, I wasn't at the Dunkin' Donuts with you guys. I think I was. No, well, we went for a walk, but that was also yeah, was after crazy. we did took a little walk on the campus of Vanderbilt Andy. University, where, Absolutely. by the way, my University of Kentucky Wildcats blew out the Vanderbilt Commodores earlier tonight in basketball. Watch out, folks! The Wildcats are making their run, winners of three in a row ahead of the big clash on Saturday night with the Kansas Jayhawks in Rupp Arena. There that you, is go. Man. you can't mess with Kentucky, but there's that a, Vanderbilt a... campus is beautiful. But there uh, go. yeah, there, there's me holding up. Uh, well, that's uh, 30 pounds lighter there. <laughs> <laughs> that's pre the box, uh, pre eating the box of uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts are delicious. And yeah, we were more than happy to take those day olds 
Uh, we were. Yeah, we were. Good times. So that's the reason why the word is Dunkin' Donuts. So congratulations to everybody who's going to enter it, but especially to, uh, I believe it was Matt who uh, who did it and uh, was the first person to guess. So well done, Matt. Although actually it's funny because I because I used the apostrophe in the contest, it actually only entered it as Dunkin'. So it wasn't actually Dunkin' Donuts. So I, I've amended it and obviously I had to remove that apostrophe. So we're there good you now. Go. All one word. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. There is a unique code word for the Illegal Curve contest. The merchandise contest winner. Who are we awarding some authentic jet skier to, Mr. Manute? Put their name up on the thing. Dave Boyechko. Dave. Dave's not here, man. He's a Boychuk. I feel like I know Dave Boyechko. That name sounds very familiar. I don't know why, but that name is very familiar. So Dave Boyechko, you are a winner on the Illegal Curve contest. Congratulations to Dave Boyetchko. Dave will Dave Manuk will from be one Dave to another. Congratulations. Yes, Dave Manuk will be in touch with Dave Boyetchko to get uh, him his authentic Winnipeg Jets gear, courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. Your next. By the way, sorry, Drew. I was just going to say, love the congrats. Love the people congratulating the other people, mm-hmm. whether those are you know winners themselves. I just I love the positivity. Love you know the people we have in the chat get, throwing out the congrats to Dave. There you it's go. Nice, nice to see that positive support. That's true. It is nice to see some pro- some positive support. They're all friends. We're all friends here. They're all friends in the chat. It's a this good is time. a safe Drew, place. It's always been a safe space. And if you're being friendly, like hit that like button. That's Same. right. Exactly. If you're liking things, if you're liking each other, you might as well like the Illegal Curve YouTube channel as well. And while you're at it, if you don't already do so, I'm sure that although you do, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and leave us feedback on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spotify, anywhere where you can download this fine podcast. Leave us some feedback. We always love to hear what you guys think about this show, such as our inane ramblings that entertain us so much. Uh, we're going to next be in action on Thursday night. The Jets back home at, uh, in downtown Winnipeg for three uh, before they head to the all-star break. It starts with Buffalo, 945 on Thursday night here on the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. Then Philadelphia on Saturday and then wrap it up with St. Louis on Tuesday. So that's all things that you can look forward to and that you can schedule into your calendar uh to come up this week and then early into next we want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of the illegal curve post game show the saturday show and the website they make it all a possibility our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club kevin farley in town as frosty winnipeg is putting up on the screen right now linden market i guess dave's putting it up on the screen after frosty typed it in there linden market dental center zapia group realty betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's Rollies transfer grid park in the keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey colorado wins 3-2 in regulation they're in third place in the central division now the jets lose 2-1 in nashville they remain tied with the dallas stars a top or sorry dallas is a point ahead of them now uh the jets one point behind dallas in the central division next in action thursday night we'll be here uh for that post game show right around 9 45 p.m for Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.